Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. Grace Mott. That's that's definitely better. Okay, that's our new intro and, and our outro. Okay, okay so All right. since our since our last Oh wait, we gotta say what this is. This yes. is Grace Mott number six, I think. Wow. If yeah. Tell me what has happened in your life, Apostle Duke, since last week. So since last week, um, I've been kind of interested in this uh, author who she claims that Jesus never existed. And so I've been kind of reading about her a little bit. I ran into another guy that uh, he doesn't agree with her and thinks Jesus did exist. But anyway, I've followed her a little bit. Um, oh, and then I went and got a book on Roman mythology. And I'm kind of reading through that a little bit to try to get some ideas about, um, you know, Christianity and how that faith developed. And um, so I'm, I'm kind of out there kind of trying to kick the bushes a little bit, maybe get some ideas, get some new thoughts on this subject. So that's what I've been doing. So how about you? I've been working a little bit as a doctor. I've been, okay. Uh, I've been trying to think about a way that I could become a billionaire and, and own a uh, an NFL team. Okay. I've been working on, on that for about 40 years. Haven't oh, really? Out yet, but, but I haven't given up yet. I'm, I'm still working on it. Okay. That's mainly what I did. I did wash the car. Okay. <laughs> I built a set of stairs for my garage. Nice. And, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to pass inspection, but they work for me, so All right. Excellent. I'll come try them out. If if they'll hold up my two hundred and fifty pounds, they're probably okay. Okay. All and, right. You're welcome I, to come by. If I fall, well, you won't have to worry about doing these podcasts. <laughs> there you go. Well, there's your billion dollars. Of course, I'm not worth a billion, so <laughs> you 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 might be like 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 you know six hundred dollars ahead if you okay sue me for That's everything. Not help worth. much. <laughs> okay, let's let's do our questions of the day. Okay, I've got them written down here. All right, your your two questions were: What right. would the Gracemont Church format be like? And number two, who would join this church and benefit from being part of it? My question was, are more people nowadays experiencing anxiety? First of all, is that really true, or is there just a lot more talk about it? And if there are indeed a lot more people experiencing anxiety, is it because it's just more acceptable, so people talk about it? Does the newer generation just have poor coping skills? Or is it because prayer has been taken out of the equation because people used to pray instead of taking medicines? So right. That's, hey, that's what we're at. That's that, Those are our questions of the day. So I need you, when you go for your question about prayer, Hopefully you can remember those three aspects because I think they're all interesting. You, I wrote them down so I can remember. Good, them. good, 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 good. So, okay. So, what would the church format be like? 
what what do you think it should be like? Okay, a, so the it way could be video or podcast or both or what? So I don't see Grace Mott really being that video friendly. I think it's going to be more of something that people would listen to versus uh, because we'd have to come up with a lot of you know visual content, right? So I would see there's a there's a program and I used to listen to it on NPR and it was uh, it was it was a lady and she kind of delved into different aspects of spirituality and different religion religions and she would have a lot of guests and so my I guess my vision for this church would be that there would be guests coming on and 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 debating different ideas and introducing different concepts even though as i as i say about it we would want some time for discussion right do you do you think sure. that's so so we probably need oh we could have a question and answer time we could have people call in and then do a question and answer time and to to finish my point our when Gracemont fully blooms, these would be very astute authors, well-known spiritual pastors, guides, sages who would be on the program uh, talking about different ideas, different religions, and taking questions. So that's kind of a 50,000-foot um, sort of... Uh, what I would think would be fun to see someday at Gracemont. Okay. So you're, this is my vision. What? Okay. I thought it would be more like an online live thing that we do both video and sound. And we could re- record each one as a podcast, but we're, we're going live. We would, uh, do it sort of like the current regular church service, except it would be in an interview setting with you and me and whoever our guest speaker was. We would just have an opening visit like we do and then have a prayer. And then there would be the sermon. But I think the sermon, rather than be like what we've always grown up with, where to get out the Bible, read a scripture, and then... Uh, Beat that scripture to death right. with uh, with uh, dogma. Right. I think this time it would be a story. It would be a story. It would be somebody's testimonial. Whatever it is, it's a story that people will listen to. Because, you know, when I'm in church and the preachers are just banging on the podium and they're, they're just beating up on the one uh, scripture, I just kind of fall asleep. Whereas if somebody's telling a story, right. I'll listen to it. Yeah. So I think stories are really important. I think it might be nice to have a guest or to like to have a song like or a, a guest musical performer. Right. And then, of course, we have to ask for donations. Yeah. And then okay. we have our sign-off. That's how I right. see it working. But I think, okay. I think video as well as audio, and it should be live, 
Maybe we take one or two call-ins. So, okay, so you have me, like, my brain's going as you're speaking. You know, one thing I always thought that I would love to be a part of, and that is a church service. I was thinking more of a Sunday school service, but it could be a church service where basically what you do is, okay, this Sunday, let's say this Sunday, um, Donald Trump and Joe Biden have both been um, accused of having uh, classified documents in their home. What, what, how does that line up with Scripture? How, how should religious people look at that and then kind of take a, a, a sort of a, a current event, right? It could be, it could be um, Ukraine and Russia war, or something that's really hot in the news, and then kind of talk about that, but talk about it through a spiritual Christian lens, and then say, you know, is there anything in the Bible that addresses something like that? That'd be kind of interesting, anyway. Uh, because you said, I agree with you. When they say, okay, we're going to talk about Jesus and the woman at the well, I go like, okay. You know, <laughs> how many times have you heard that? The one thing... Usually a successful, you know, uh, sermon is when you go home and go, hey, that's one aspect I never heard of before, right? And that's usually a sliver of the sermon, but so many times we've heard it so many times before. But that's just me right. giving a little I feedback. I, I like that idea that the current event thing could be a segment, like a five-minute segment. Right. And, how, and say, how does this affect our lives? How does this affect our our religion and prayer life, et cetera. Right. Hey, okay, and so... What, what can we do about it as a church and as a people? I a like follow up, A follow-up feedback is, so tell me about tell me about the visuals. What are, what are, what would, uh, because you said there would be some video. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, just, just have it be a live feed of us, us talking and the, uh, okay. and the, the guests talking. Just like, just a, interview setting like in our in our studio like you've seen right like when you came in and we did the interview thing you know another thing that you talked about was about a story and it is much more in fact you even said that once before was that you that said a parable jesus used parables because stories were easier to remember yes i do remember you saying that it could be a total parable service oh yeah or, or just like a yeah, you tell stories and anecdotes and like okay, and so the moral of the story is, and you go, oh yeah, that was pretty interesting. But you know, another thing with visuals is like, if I watch television, it's just more interesting to have a visual, right? It says today, you know, the the spaceship something went up, and then you show a pic- picture of a spaceship going up. It just makes it more interesting, right, than hearing somebody. So that would be sure. that would be interesting. So. Um, we'll, uh, okay, so now I know, now I know a little bit more about what direction we're going here when, uh, when this becomes a huge success. Yeah, okay, so your second question, let's get to it. Okay. Who would join and benefit from joining the church? What people would like to be part of Gracemont Church? Okay, if you're asking me. I'm asking you. Okay, so I'm going to go. I'm going to elaborate a little bit because I'm going to try to get there. 
um, academics, okay, people who think outside the box, people who have new ideas, and what I think would warm my heart and make me feel like, okay, we really did something cool here, is when someone would at the end of the program or write in their letters or something and say, you know what, I just, I was looking for some way, some support for me and the fact that I don't think like everybody else. I just felt isolated, ostracized. And when I came to Gracemont, I just felt like these are people that I feel like I belong with them and that I can share my ideas and my thoughts. And I, I just felt like I, I have a home. And that's kind of what I think would be the most, um, you know, if I see who, who would I like to think that this is going to benefit the most. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's intellectuals, academics who are very thoughtful, um, very cerebral, in the way they view life and their spirituality and they could find a home. So that's my answer to that question. I like that. I think people like you and me that grew up in the church and never, well, you you believed it wholeheartedly for a while, but I never, once I got to be a grown-up, I never could quite buy into all the stuff right. that they were throwing at me. But I like living the Christian life. I like living by Christian morals right. because they help you live a good life and helps you be a better parent and, and uh, spouse and helps you do better at work, I think, if you – I mean, I mean, who do you want to work with? Somebody that lies all the time or somebody that you know is going to tell you the truth, right? Right, you want to, yeah. You need – somebody that's going to tell you the truth. Uh, who's a better father, the one that screws around on his wife all the time or the guy that doesn't? Right, and these are all things that were we were taught growing up to be Christian values. So uh, I think people like us would would uh, like to be part of the church. They'd like to, and the thing is the the limits on what you have to believe are so loose. Someone who believes almost all of the traditional Christian beliefs could be part of it, or somebody who believes hardly any of them could be part of it. Right. It'll provide a community for people like that. So you're casting a, a rather wide net in in some respects. People who don't want to be shamed when they're at okay. church. Okay. Okay. Uh, right. For for having beliefs that are a little different from everybody else's. Right. Okay. All right. You like so, it? I do like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like it. And another thing I like about it is that may be different is the discussion aspect of it. Because, you know, when we go to church, our normal church, you kind of sit there and listen. They say amen, and then you leave. There's no really back and forth, right? I like the idea right. of maybe some back and forth. Like, whoa, 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 sure. whoa, whoa, Hang on there. Hang on. Say that again. Or, okay, mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? That'd be kind of fun, right? Yeah. And so that would be... That's not really allowed in most churches, even though it is in Sunday school, but in our church, maybe we could have some of that. And that, I think, would make it more interesting, right? I think so. You know, so. Okay. I like it. All right. On to the third question. Okay. This is 
my question. I've, this it's kind of a three part question, but I like it. I like it, every part. Uh, are people experiencing more anxiety just today? Is it or is it just the young people? Because every young person, you know, I, I see me- lots of medical charts. Yeah, and, uh, it's not just the young people. People our age too. I mean, listed on their chart is anxiety and depression. Right. Right. Uh, now, back in my day, you know, nobody wanted to talk about it. Especially, especially guys didn't want to talk about the fact that they had anxiety because they were automatically labeled as weenies, right? And, and uh, you know, wimpy and not manly and not brave, right? Uh, now it's much more accepted to talk about it. So maybe it's always been there, or maybe it's just a normal part of being a human to have anxiety. I don't know. Right. So, um, oh. but, and the other question that was part of that was, is it perhaps because hardly anybody prays anymore? Because that's why a lot of people used to alleviate their anxiety is by right. praying. So, what what are your thoughts? Okay. So, first of all, I'm I'm kind of with you in that. Is, is there more anxiety today, or is it just my perception that, wow, there's so much anxiety? Because you think about it like in the, in the Dark Ages, right? And in, when they went through some of those plagues and, and World War II and World War III, you know, maybe if I were in that time, I would say, oh my gosh, you know, because you don't know if your child's coming home. It, but it does seem like there's more anxiety, at least in my life. In the 60 years I've been on the earth, it, there does seem to be a lot more people are on edge. Uh, so, but that's the one of the things that I thought when you said, when you're, you asked your question, I thought, you know, is there more anxiety? And then another question I have, now see, as a medical doctor, and you can see the charts, that helps you, right? I read headlines. You know, I read that we're all going to die, the stock market's going to crash. But that's kind of anecdotal, where I think you probably have a little more concrete science behind your thought. Now, Loso, let me ask you a question. I'm going I'm to come back to you with a question. Do you think maybe there's that one of the things about anxiety and why people put anxiety on their charts is because like you said back in the 40s and 50s if you were a man and you had anxiety you just swallowed it sucked it up and went on because if you said hey i'm feeling anxiety they'd say what a weenie and today it's kind of a manly thing to talk about all your feelings and you know be metro and and you know share your ideas do you think there's some of that maybe involved in in why people express their anxiety well i th- i think as with everything it's multifactorial so i i'm sure that there it's a lot people just talk about it more so therefore it's acceptable i think social media has made it a more popular thing Okay. To talk about because there are all right. these help groups and stuff. Right. And I think men for sure have an easier time talking about it than bef- before. But I think older guys like us still don't want to tell people we've got anxiety. 
we right. want we want everybody to think we got it all together. Right. Um, I have many times wondered if you know then, and I see the charts too, and a bunch of people are on Prozac and Wellbutrin and stuff to keep them from having as much anxiety and depression. But uh, I I have wondered if some of that would be alleviated by prayer. Because uh, people used to do a lot more of that, and uh, now they don't. So I ha- I have a I I have an idea for a new medicine. Okay. It's called it's called Prazac. I like so it. Instead of Prozac, you got Prazac. Yeah. And it's free. It, yes. <laughs> yes. It's it's always covered by insurance. Yeah. Right. I think that. Uh, my response to, be, to that, this I maybe know a little bit more about, and that is I do know that uh, I've read many, not the full articles, but I've seen that they've taken polls. People who believe in God is, is declining. Church attendance is declining. And I think it would be an easy dot connect you know to connect the dots that if people believe in god less or attending church less they're praying less and i also believe that it's been proven substantially that that prayer is helpful i mean whether it's true or not whether you pray to whoever you pray to that there is some comfort in that, and there is some, you know, a relief of stress, and so, yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of the uh, the the fact that people aren't praying as much could very well lead to to a a, a spike in anxiety. So, I I do, but but then okay, so let me throw this back at you. How do you how do you sell your praise act? How do you sell that to because people are going to go pray, yeah, right. Yeah, this, you know, I mean, okay, in all honesty, it's a little gimmicky. I get it. So how do you how do you market that to people to say you should do this more? I think testimonials would be good. People that yeah, okay. have, yeah. uh, we could like do this whole big study of, of anxiety. Yeah. Those who pray versus those who don't. See, right. I, see yeah. how it works out. We could do our own study. Yeah, maybe get a government grant or something. That'd be nice. Yeah, <laughs> you could do a government grant, or but but to your point, that is a good answer. I mean, because you could, I I bet we could get people to line up to say, hey, one time, or what would be, you know, we we've heard those, and even even as a, you know, a hardcore atheist, when I hear people say, you know, man, I was praying for my daughter, you know. And and the next day, you know, the doctor came in and said, "I don't know why, but uh, your your daughter's getting better, and this is unexpected." I mean, even a hard guy like me, I I just go, "Wow, that's you know, I I can't explain that. I don't know what that means." Even though <laughs> I I kind of pick your brain about this deal about like our minds having more to do with our healing than uh, a lot of people give us credit for. I think our mind is is so intertwined in the way the body heals uh, 
itself. And so, but I, I don't think you, I don't think you subscribe to that. Now, this I, is I where you're a hardcore scientist. I think it's simpler than that. I think it uh, when people give up, mm-hmm. then they don't do the things they physically need to do to get better. Like for what I've witnessed in hospitals is, if somebody gives up, yeah, then they don't get out of bed. They don't get up and walk. They don't make an effort to cough, clear their lungs. They get pneumonia and die. It's that kind of thing more to me than just some magical uh, control the brain has over the body. It's It's more like despair makes them not do what they need to do to get better. Okay. That's what I think. Okay, so let me ask you this as a physician. Okay, so when I cut my finger, right, and it bleeds, and the the blood begins to congeal, so it stops bleeding. You know, I wake up the next day, it's sore, and there's there's red. It's red because my because there's you know red blood cells are being pumped up there. There may be a little pus in it because there's some infection, and my body is trying to reject that. 